The Braves get dropped by the Cubs buzzsaw. Yeah, well, wake up tomorrow and start, a, start another streak. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report presented by Kroger, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano, who is coming to us high atop Wrigley Field in Chicago. And uh, Justin, after Friday, it looked like uh, things were going to be kind of easy for the Braves. It was not. No. Um, the Cubs are one of those surging teams, and uh, the Braves had their chances, man, but the Cubs played really, really well. Um, and coming into this one, Dansby Swanson, when we met with him in the Cubs dugout, told us this is going to be, you know, a really big litmus test for us. The two teams played. The Cubs won two or three, so the Braves now move on to Pittsburgh. All right, coming up, so we'll dig into how the Cubs took two or three off the Braves and take a look at the status of the Braves' rotation. Do you feel better or do you feel worse after this weekend? Plus how Dansby Swanson feels about facing his old team, why this was such a huge weekend for Travis Darno, and the answers to your questions in the Ask Justin segment. This is your first time listening to our show. We are happy to have you, and please follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger, and school's back in session now, but I know you parents are always in the hunt for things to do with your kids. Well, Kroger is here to help with Kroger Chef Jr. This is for any kid who wants to be an aspiring chef. Coming up on August the 12th or August the 26th, select Kroger stores are hosting an Atlanta Braves guided cooking experience making chili slaw dogs. If you sign up your child for Kroger Chef Jr., you'll get a 30-minute class in Atlanta Braves apron, patch, chef's hat, recipe card, holder, and a set of tongs for only $7 per child. So register today at KrogerChefJr.com. That is KrogerChefJr.com, and you will also find a link in the show notes. You are in the land of, of hot dogs. Have you ever had a um, chili slaw dog? No, I can't say I know what that is, but I've had a Chicago dog, I think, or a rendition of it, um, and then the Italian beef. I've never had a slaw dog, but, man, I was listening to you list off those Kroger Chef Jr. things. I mean, should – Shouldn't we tell the people to bring a suitcase to lug home all those items, too, that you get for 7 bucks? Getting a lot there for your uh, money. I, 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 I'm not really like a, a expert on uh, hot dogs, but I think chili slaw dog is more of a southern thing. I don't think you will find it uh, in Illinois, and it's uh, it's fantastic, so I highly recommend it. But uh, you did not come here for our reviews of hot dogs. That will come later. Uh, you no. came here for our review of the Braves and the Cubs, and we'll let Brian Snitker take it from here. We didn't play good. You know, and this we ran up against a hot team, and yeah. you can't give them extra. You know, we just they're play pretty good, like we did the first day in here, because they're swinging the bats really good. Uh, their bullpen's been really good, um, and you know they're they're a good club. Just like a chili slaw dog, the Braves are a little sloppy. Yeah, just a tad. I mean, I mean, it was <laughs> Snid had a quote uh, after the first loss, so Saturday, where he said, you know, it was just kind of the whole package of a game. Uh, and that's what those two losses were. I mean, I mean, to me, you look at one, the Braves received two poor starts from their starting pitchers on Saturday and Sunday. Two, there were at least three or four base running mistakes. Um, and that's what the naked eye could see. Three, there was one costly error uh, on Saturday. Um, there were missed opportunities offensively. I, I mean, it just it just wasn't super crisp. Are you concerned? No, like probably not. The Cubs are surging. They're now really climbing into position for, you know, to take one of the NL's playoff spots. Uh, but I just, for the Braves, it, it's not really up to your standard, right? Uh, you 
should have played better. You expect to play better, um, especially after the way this series started with a dominant 8-0 win, Max Fried's dominant performance. Uh, in the last two games, it just wasn't super crisp. Kind of remind me of what we saw in Boston, and then the Braves rebounded to beat up on the Brewers and the Angels. Yeah, yeah. And the, the funny thing you mentioned that because Charlie Morton said that, you know what, two months ago we went to Cincinnati and everybody was talking about how good the Reds were. And, you know, they played really well. Uh, and he felt like it felt similar here in Chicago this weekend where the Cubs are playing well. They're really swinging the bat well. They've been one of the best teams since the All-Star break. Um, and really, they kind of ran. I don't know if it felt like the weird thing to me is that the Braves beat that Reds team. <laughs> they won that series. Uh, they did not win this series. This did feel a little more like Boston. And, and Charlie mentioned Boston a couple weeks ago where the Red Sox were playing well at the time. Uh, this one was, it's difficult to describe it because it, it they weren't two clunkers. They just, there were just things to clean up. Uh, and that's why I ask, like, does it worry you for the long term? Like, probably not. But... There are some things in here that they do need to clean up that I think have been an issue this season um, at certain points that you have to clean up if you want to win a World Series. Um, obviously, October is so much different than the first, second week of August. There is a lot of baseball left to be played. The Braves are up over 10 games in division. Like They are not in danger of not winning a sixth straight division crown, but they have a certain standard and they always talk about that. And I think they've played really good baseball at a lot of different points this year. These last two days, uh, they will not look back at these for the highlight tapes. The biggest concern that Braves fans had coming out of the trade deadline was that the Braves were not able to really improve their rotation outside of Yanni Chirinos. Well, Charlie Morton wasn't exactly crisp on Sunday. The natives are getting a little restless now about Bryce Elder after he got blown up on Saturday, but, Bryce is still trying to look at the big picture this season. I mean, you know, I think I still am pleased with, you know, how I'm, how I'm throwing it. Um, I think, like I said, the, the walks, just, I beat myself today, but I'm not. I mean, there was a couple of starts where it was just kind of like, oh, I don't, I didn't know really the direction I was going. But, I, I you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say I was pleased with it because I wasn't at all. But it was just like, I know I'm still on pace. So, you know, I just get ready to go next week and obviously don't try not to beat myself next week. We'll be all right. We're going to come to back to Max Freed in a minute, but was this kind of the, the, the culmination of, of some of the, the fears that, that pop up in your mentions is two bad starts in a five-game series and you got some issues? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, 100%. Like, I think this, if you were somebody who criticized Alex Anthopoulos for not adding another starting pitcher, you know, a good one at the trade deadline, this, this only fueled your fire. This pretty much added ammo to your argument. This validated everything you were saying. But let's go to this. In a postseason series, how many starters do you usually need? Three and a half. There you go. Um, the Braves, this is a team who used Tucker Davidson, Dylan Lee, uh, you know, in the World Series, guys like that. But I think the Braves, you look at this, Max Fried and Spencer Strider. Do we have, you know, any NL teams who have guys who are dramatically better than those guys? I, I don't, Not I really. mean, I don't think dramatically better. Yeah. And then you add, you know, Kyle Wright, 
Uh, and then you add Charlie Morton. Like, I still think you know what Charlie Morton would give you in a postseason series. Like, he is one of those guys that I will throw out what he does in the regular season as long as he doesn't finish with an ERA over five. Um, as long as there aren't injury issues, I will throw that out for the most part and expect him to be postseason ground chuck. But here is where I think, you know, I said it on this podcast um, and wrote it in the Braves Dispatch newsletter this week that. Which you can, know, which you can Bra- get every Friday by going to AJC.com slash newsletters. Nice. Nice. There you go. Uh, we're picking it up. No. So I wrote that, you know, I think Alex Anthopoulos got it right. I don't think you give up AJ Smith Shaver or really anybody else. Like, I don't think you use those bullets and sacrifice or mortgage your future for what you could have got at the trade deadline. Like, look at some of those guys, Dell, Michael Lorenzen, uh, Lance Lynn. Like, a lot of those guys don't suit your Jordan Montgomery. Like, they don't move the needle a, a ton. And I'm not sure they're better than Bryce Elder or Charlie Morton. Um, and I'm not sure I would have wanted to give up what you would have needed to to get a frontline starter. Um, I think. When you look at how a postseason series could play out, you've got Spencer Strider, you've got Max Freed, Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton, even you know even Bryce Elder has been good this season. I know he struggled recently. He's been good this season um, for the most part. Here's the argument, the devil's advocate uh, in all of this, Jay, is that the people clamoring about, you know, you should have had another start, you should have done this. Can we count on Kyle Wright? You know, can... We count on Max Freed to to stay healthy the rest of the way. Can't, there are a lot of ifs, and you know, if when you have two starting pitchers who are out for most of the year, and yeah, like this is pretty much what everybody you know who was scared about the starting pitching situation, like their fears came to life. But it's only two games, August you know fifth and August sixth. Like, there's a lot of way to go. All right, let's go to the highlight, of course, and that's uh, Max Fried looking like ace Max Fried making his return. No, that, that was something else. You know, I really didn't know what to expect. Um, but I, I honestly, I didn't think he'd be that sharp. Um, but that was, that was pretty good and very impressive. I kept thinking watching that game on Friday. Wow. The Braves have won 70 games, and this guy's won three. Yeah, I, I know. Um, I do Sometimes the best get better. Uh, yeah. and that's, that's what, that's what this is. I mean, the guy, he topped out at 97 miles an hour, his fastball average, you know, around 94, 95. I mean, the swing and miss was there. He used like Cubs manager, David Ross said, you know, after that game, he just throws the whole kitchen sink at you. And he did at Dansby had a couple curveballs at Dansby, a sinker, a four seam fat. Like there were freed through six pitches, all six pitches in that, in that outing, um, he was dominant, man. <laughs> I mean, didn't allow the first base runner until the fifth. You know, only allowed three hits. All of them were singles. Didn't walk anybody. Like, it was – this was a master class in pitching by a guy who had not pitched on this stage in over two months. I mean, in almost three months. This was unreal. And it is funny because you looked at some of his rehab starts – yeah, I guess you can throw those out the window because he he looked really really good. Um, and it really what brought up what it brought to mind for me was when he had that hamstring injury early in the season, and then he comes back in San Diego, and I think he shuts out the Padres over seven innings. I think it was seven shutout innings um, or seven innings one run. This time he had a lot longer of a layoff and looked really really good against the Cubs. Shoot, I mean, 
you know, if he didn't hit the ups, he would have gone longer because the pitch count wasn't really a factor. Here's you with Max after the start on how he did. I felt felt sharper than expected. Um, I, you know, had a you know, a lot of nervous energy. Just was looking forward to this day for a long time, uh, and really just tried to simplify it and just tried to keep us in it as long as we can. And just try to win. These guys have been doing so good for so long that I just kind of wanted to try to seamlessly fit in and just you know not try to mess anything up. I know you had the rehabs to ramp up, but why do you think you were so sharp after that long layoff? Ooh, uh, you know, I've, I've worked really hard with, uh, you know, just fine-tuning things and just being better with uh, my mechanics and timing and rhythm and kind of all that. So when you have a lot of time and season to, to work on those things, it, you know, you try to, you know, take all that work and put it out there. So how do you feel about the Braves rotation now compared to two weeks ago? I still feel really good about it. And, and I think I just, I understand like fandom is sometimes irrational. Fandom is sometimes emotional. Like I get why fans would be a little more critical, but I just look at the bigger picture that I don't think a, there's a rotation you would take over this one in the NL, like maybe Milwaukee at full strength, I guess maybe the, the Phillies, if they're pitching you know their you know what's off like they were last october i mean uh i'm trying to think the padres have a good one they've been the only team that's been ahead of the braves and starters era uh that's reminded with the braves having 13 starters this season and counting era's been fine (sighs) yeah and i still largely believe in bryce elder and charlie morton just because i'm gonna choose to take the majority of the season over what i've seen recently now if they're pitching this way into October, okay, yeah, like a little bit of a red flag. Like might want to evaluate that and how to kind of line up your rotation. But I think this is a really good group that can still get better if Kyle Wright comes back and is somewhat, you know, some semblance of himself. Here's one way I look at it too, Jay, is that Max Fried and Spencer Strider, with the way Strider's throwing the ball, like that is two bona fide aces. Like those guys are true aces if Strider throws the ball the way he is and if Freed continues to pitch you know like he did friday or anything close to it i just think that gives you such a good start and like i think some braves fans like i don't think they know how lucky they are having charlie morton is like a number three or another number four guy like when you know kyle was in the rotation he was a number four guy like that's a good guy to have and yeah he struggled recently but it could get a lot worse like i don't think there are a lot of rotations in baseball better than this one all right coming up the braves Reunite with their former franchise shortstop. Does Danzy Swanson have any regrets about heading to Chicago? And how are the Braves going to sort out some of the seats on their bullpen? This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia, That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. 
In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades, an AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Right, it's going to be that time of year. The Braves have reached the final third of the season. Atlanta United's trying to make the playoffs. Oh, that's football season. Falcons have their first preseason game coming up this week. Fall camp's underway for the Dogs and the Jackets, and there's only one media company with reporters and experts on all your favorite teams. That is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and the only way to get access to everything we have to offer, all of our newsletters, our great photos, or layouts in the e-paper, is to join our community and subscribe to the AJC. And it's cheaper than you might think, unless you've been listening to this podcast for a while and you know exactly how cheap it is. Three months of unlimited digital access for just a buck. And it doesn't just get you sports coverage either. we got politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, etc. So head to subscribe dot ajc.com slash podcast that is subscribe dot ajc.com slash podcast to get three months for 99 cents so you always know what's really going on one of those stories you can read that uh, justin put together on sunday why the braves are the most aggressive team in baseball on three and oh counts yeah that was that was a fun one to do um i actually saw a note in the game notes weeks ago and asked snit about it uh the funny thing from that story and i won't spoil too much of it uh for those who want to read it but Freddie Freeman once told him, like, man, we, we work so hard to get to 3-0. Like, we, we want to hit. And that's why Snit, I mean, one of the reasons, you know, he, he's let him kind of just let him rip on 3-0 is because sometimes, like as Austin Riley told me, like a lot of times now, like that's the only fastball you're guaranteed to get. Like guys in this day and age with so much stuff, they will flip in a, you know, a 3-1 curveball, 3-1 slider, you know, 2-1 changeup, whatever it might be. Like they'll throw their best stuff in any count um and pitchers have said that that now like teams that yeah there aren't a lot of fastball counts because they're trying to limit damage like they would rather limit damage and so yeah the braves are i mean they've put 13 of those 3-0 pitches in play they've swung more than anybody um at 3-0 pitches they've hit more home runs than anybody they've had more rbis than anybody on those pitches and like you know as good as this is (laughs) let's be clear about this they've got ronald acuna Matt Olson, Austin Riley, Ozzy Albies. Let him eat. You know, if yeah, exactly. If if I'm, you know, if I'm managing the Oakland Days or a, a you know, the Kansas City Royals, like I'm probably advising the fellas just to try to take the walk and get on base. All right, now the trip to Chicago sure did let everybody get reacquainted with Dansby Swanson and uh, Justin, along with uh, some of the other assembled media there, had plenty of uh, things to ask the Braves' former shortstop. Here's a couple of them. It seems like your leadership skills are something you've always taken a lot of pride in. How fun has that challenge been to come to a new organization that was kind of on the come up and maybe leave your imprint in that way and start that with them? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, um, you know, it's one of the big reasons why I wanted to be here is just uh, be able to uh, take a culture and kind of run with it and, um, like I said, there's just there's so many good people over here, and uh, there's a lot of guys that have had impact uh, around here for numerous years as well. And uh, being able to just build off that with one another has been so fun. I mean, just the unique challenge of being able to uh, be a part of something bigger than yourself and uh, in a way kind of like start fresh um, has been really, really awesome. You poured your heart into that organization, helping with the title, <laughs> yeah. like want a gold glove was there ever as the offseason went on any part of you that was a little hurt that they wouldn't pay more money to 
you know, to, to try to keep him? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, I'd be sitting here lying being like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, we're all human, right? Like, I think that, um, you know, at times you wish, like, that would have been, in a way, like, the easier route. Um, like I said, just haven't prayed a ton about it and, like, really kind of given that part over um, to God just really made things clear and simple, you know, that this is where he wanted uh, myself and my wife to be. And like I said, how can I how can I argue with that? You know, it was kind of, in a way, it's like we have our own plans, but uh, we obviously, you know, he, he's got so much greater things in mind and so much so much more of a brilliant mind to piece things together than anything I could ever come up with. It is kind of amazing that um, really since spring training, I don't think we've mentioned Dansby's name at all. Yeah. I mean, that's a credit to Orlando Arcia, who Dansby Swanson raved about uh, when I asked about him. And just saying, you know, you always knew it was in there, but he didn't really have the opportunity. It's the same things we've been saying, but he said that, you know, Orlando's a guy who you always knew was in there, and now you're seeing it come out. He's played so incredibly well. Um, and even when he was on the injured list, Von Grissom's, you know, lackluster play at the time uh, in that one stint um, really showed us what Orlando was worth. Um, and, off, you know, defensively, he's been stellar. Offensively, he's been incredible. You know, been a lot more, I think, than the Braves probably could have expected or uh, projected or pinned him out to be. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was good to catch up with Dansby. Jay, one thing I, you know, one other thing I did ask him was, um, and I just told him flat out, I said, hey, you know, there are some people in Atlanta who would look at, you know, fans who would look at this Braves team and the way it's constructed and say that if you wanted to win, you would have just resigned. And, and so I wanted to ask, you know, I asked him, like, what were those conversations that you had with Chicago, with Jed Hoyer, uh, with Carter Hawkins, the executives there, um, about how they could win? Because winning is very important to Dansby. And he just said, yeah, like, we just had honest conversations. You know, what he dug into the prospects coming up the payroll and the salaries over the next few years, uh, what they would do to help him get better, what he could do to help them get better. He dove into it all. And, you know, he feels like he can really win in Chicago. Um, and we're seeing it now. The Cubs are surging. They're really looking good. But I mean, let's, let's be honest here. This is, you know, a 77 million difference, uh, in terms of offers at different points. Uh, you would not give that up unless you were chained, you know, to the fence. I would not give that up. Um, nobody would give that up. And that's, isn't that the funny thing about the Dansby Swanson stories that there, there are people like certain Braves fans who would be mad at him and who would call him disloyal, you know, and say that if he wants to be home, he would have just taken less money. Like I get a hundred million, which is what the Braves are believed to have offered him is still life changing money, but who's going to, who's going to pass up 177 million? Like, let's not be crazy. And and all credit to Dan's because he was easily the fourth of the top four uh, big money shortstops this offseason, and he's the only one that made the All Star team. Yeah, yeah, no big ups to him. Two of them, well, actually three of them, mightily struggled. Like it wasn't even like mediocre. I mean, I guess you could say, you know, Bogarts was me. I don't know, but three. I don't of think them Trey struggled. Turner's going to win the MVP. No, uh, that one died hard. That that <laughs> was my pick before the season. You know what else died hard? is kind of dying hard and i i recognize the possibility for this but when you ask me about who was going to finish better the phillies or the reds i need the phillies to to slump a, a little bit to make me look a little more respectable on that one i need the reds pitching to come up a little bit i need them to get a couple starting pitchers back um 
yeah, but I, I think credit to Dansby, man. And he played his butt off in this series. He had a home run off Bryce Elder that one day on a good sinker. Yeah. Uh, Bryce executed that pitch. Dansby just had a better at bat. And then uh, he put the nail in the coffin today with, you know, ripping a, you know, uh, RBI double against Joe Menez. So he, and nobody's said really Joe well. Menez lately. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, He's been awesome. I mean, I, I remember on our trade, I was thinking yesterday that I, on our trade deadline thing, um, well, actually, I think this was our live show. I said that he hasn't been, Jimenez hasn't been what the Braves perhaps envisioned. Uh, kind of true because it took a little longer than expected, but the numbers are there now. Uh, and, you know, he he seems like he's somebody who can be counted on down the stretch. All right. Now, Dansby Swanson is well on his way to accomplishing what Travis Darno. Did this weekend, 10 years of big league service. And Justin, you had a chance to grab him afterwards? Dansby yesterday said that like when you came, he felt like you were, like just stabilized everything. What? Why do you think that is? Like, what were you able to do here? Why was it such a good fit for you? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I know when times were tough in New York, I had a David Wright lead the way and steer the ship and made the main focus of having everyone be together all the time, especially there when you can get driven apart by so many different things, especially from a team standpoint. So I tried to tried to bring that to wherever I played. And so it was the thing I try to do every day is keep everybody tight because at some point someone or something's going to try to tear us apart. But if our bond's tight, we should be good. Obviously, 10 years is such a big benchmark in this game. When you woke up yesterday, what was that feeling like to know that you I couldn't sleep the night before? Uh, so there's that. Uh, I just try to soak in the whole time. It's it's a day I'll never forget. And try to treat it like my first day call up, just soak in everything and remember every little detail about the whole day. And it's pretty special that we shut out that potent offense too yeah. they were scoring astronomical runs since the all-star break so it's pretty special tells you something how big a deal that is that Travis said he could not sleep the night before but but why is that despite being such a you know round number why is 10 such a big deal for a ball player yeah because so much can go wrong from injuries to roles to eventual free agency to the minor leagues like first you've got to go to the minors um this isn't basketball it isn't football it isn't hockey first you've got to go through the minors um you know some longer than others then you've got to stay on a team right you've got to contribute if you think about it players are under team control for six years of service time six years is such a long time to establish your value and it, it kind of stinks for the guys who do it in years two and three and maybe don't reap the benefits if they don't sign an extension but there's just so many things that can go wrong and it's so tough day in day out um to play this game to stay on a roster like you look at a guy and this is nothing against him but i mean like a guy like kevin pilar started seven eight opening days uh you know and, and now, you know, he's a role player uh, on a really good team. It It's so hard to have that sort of longevity. Um, and for the guys who find it, it's just an extremely cool benchmark. So Travis Darno hit it, uh, now, you know, Friday. Marcelo Zuna hit it back in May. Um, Kevin Pilar, God willing, will hit it next year. Um, there, it's, it's just really a representation of all the hard work and the grind that these guys go through. 
um, because baseball, it, it's so tough because so many guys find themselves on the fringes of a roster. So many guys, you know, are on, don't even make it up to the majors. Uh, and so many will never be mainstays on a major league roster. So for those who do, that's really good. For those who get 10 years, that's insanely good. All right, coming up next, Braves have got uh, four with the Pirates in Pittsburgh and then off to New York to face the Mets. And coming into Sunday, the Pirates were 11 games under 500 and the Mets were 10 games under 500. Things we didn't expect back in April. Or June. Oh, man. Jeez. We'll run this through again because I know we did a couple days ago, but it, it it's bears repeating that in June, <laughs> the Mets were three and a half back when they went and saw the Braves, they, or when they started the month. They ended that month 18 and a half back. Um, Jay, when the Mets see the Braves this upcoming weekend, they will not have David Robertson, Mark Canna, um, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Tommy Pham. Am I forgetting somebody? It feels like I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, that, or is that the extent of That's fire sale? I mean... Yeah, they just, man, they just shed off all the skin. And they got some good prospects for it. But it really is, it is a sobering thought, right? That a year ago, a fan base and a city can be so pumped up for a division race, for a pennant race. A year later, nothing. I mean, that I, I, it, I laugh because ESPN picked up that Sunday night game. So for those of you who are you know who are watching that one uh it's gonna be pete alonzo francisco lindor brandon nimmo jeff mcneil and, and a bunch of nothing uh because that's <laughs> it's just the tonight it, on sunday night baseball a bunch of nothing no yeah it's it's sad man it, you i almost feel bad having lived there and like covered the team those fans are very very passionate and i almost feel bad that they got a contender dangled in front of them in 2022 and then less than a year later just wiped out like it's it is honestly insane to think about what this team is now compared to what it was 13 days ago. Um, it is, it's just a, the sobering reality of why organizational health is so important. And that's why I don't think the Braves should be taken for granted because they do make one, a lot of good decisions, but two, they prioritize that organizational health. They've built a really good core here. Um, they've got a really good environment in the clubhouse um, on the coaching staff. And I mean, man, you just, the Mets are a good example of how fickle it can be, right? And that's why every year we hear Alex Anthopoulos say he never takes it for granted because you can't take it for granted. Success in this game can be so fickle. The Mets are a perfect example. One thing you can't take for granted is that we will end every Braves Report podcast with the Ask Justin segment where we answer Braves fans' questions on Twitter at... Justin C. Toscano. Nice one. Yes. Uh, first up, uh, from David Thatcher, ATL Media... Get out of Braves media bubble. This team won't win any series, any typical lost season. He didn't ask a question there. <laughs> so is he trying to say that the Braves media thinks the team is better than the team actually is? Is that the point? Uh, that the, what it seems like. They won't, I don't know, man. I mean, I know I'm a little close to it, and I watch that all the time. Like, I try to be cognizant of the fact that I am so close to it uh, in terms of, you know, interacting with the players daily with snit daily kind of knowing what they go through but i think it's a pretty darn good team man like i think <laughs> how many 
if if you were not, I wish there was a way where we could virtually have people listening to the podcast have like a button that would sound next to them and then it would like insert itself into the podcast as like a beep because I would want people who I guess all our listeners are Braves fans but if anybody were a fan of another team I would want them to buzz the button and have it beep if they would be happy with a 70 and 39 record 70 and 39 I just think like it's so hard to win a division that you have to enjoy those moments and you have to enjoy the journey. And I don't, I don't buy that this team can't win one because I talk to reporters um, all around the league, like covering other teams when the Braves stop by their cities. And they always tell me like, man, I don't, I don't, yeah, I was just talking to one today. Like, they're just like, I don't know how any team is going to beat this team four times in a seven game series. So that, I mean, I, that tells me that my feeling isn't, too off they, they're a really good team but i do understand look like a couple bad starts can hurt you in the playoffs defensive miscues they've had base running miscues this weekend like there there are some things there but i just i still think it's a really good team all right next up from at ritter believer nine he's a football guy when will kyle wright start rehab man um i don't know there's no timetable or there's no at least no publicly released timetable but um he's been throwing i think you know throwing bullpens which should lead him to facing live hitters if he hasn't done so already then a rehab assignment would follow so i would think you know i don't you know don't quote me on this but if i'm budgeting it out in my head i don't know where he was at as of two days ago but i would say in the next couple weeks you think he would be ready for rehab assignment from at braves guy sc92 who is the odd man out in the bullpen with Lee and potentially Chavez in a couple of weeks? Man, that's a really tough one. Um, shoot, uh, you can't uh, you, you can't you can't use the uh, somebody's going to get hurt and it'll work itself out. You got to pick somebody. Are you sure? There must okay. be a sacrifice. Uh, I would say before they make a bullpen move, what if they tried to go with four starters at first? I think that maybe I was what thinking if they, about that. You uh, what if they? send try to send Chirinos down which they wouldn't be able to do because it's over five years of service time um but yeah what if they did that and I would think I don't know I mean Michael Tonkin's your long guy and has been good but you know I I don't know you know you saw Kirby Yates in the come up you saw you know I, I there's just no optionable guys down there um at least you know that I'm thinking of uh that is going to be a very tough and very delicate dance um yeah i don't know stay tuned next up from a uh, poor larry a crown base running who is accountable and why are we the braves executing so poorly lately well the two base coaches are uh ey at first and uh eric gung senior and ron washington wash at, at third i mean i think it's been like i asked brian snicker about it today like he said that they've definitely got the potential to be better they've just got to be more aware uh you know and you're aware of a lot of stuff situations he said you know diff the score things like that outs whatever um but this weekend to me was inexcusable i mean i i asked matt olson about it and he said you know it can be tough with the wind and you know and i get that i mean i just think orlando arcia gets doubled off at first didn't read one correctly um there was one on saturday where ron lacuna could have slid and made it in did not uh and was out uh, Eddie Rosario on Saturday got hung up um, between second and third, kind of hesitated at second, and that's why he didn't score uh, on a double into the gap. 
on Sunday, today, uh, Ronald Acuna was thrown out at home when he, he didn't get a great jump at second, you know, and he was going around, I guess, you know, Wash still waved him around. I get it. Acuna's, you know, maybe the best athlete in baseball. Uh, you give him a shot anytime, but it looked like, I mean, I was watching real time and this is not hindsight. I was watching real time. It looked like he was pretty much going to be dead to rights. If the throw was decent, uh, he was, um, and I mean, I just, they've got to clean it up a little bit. That's the one thing, you know, one of the things like that and some of the defensive miscues, like they should be, you know, a little bit better at, at those things. Um, and they've got to clean them up, but they are, you know, you always balance it with, they're an aggressive base running team. Like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, and I don't think they're going to, you know, the the balance there is being aggressive in the right spots. Uh, and they're not going to sacrifice that aggression, but you know, they're going to look to do it in, you know, the correct spots. And you know, the answer to, to who's accountable, I mean, with the exception of Ron Walsh to make the decision to send a guy home or not, I mean, it's pretty much the guys on the bases, right? I mean, they're making most of the decisions. Right, right. Like nobody, yeah, like nobody's got the run com, like pitch com, but like, <laughs> yeah. you know, nobody's like Brian Snickers, not like buzzing, you know, RC to be like, no, like stop at second. Like, but I mean, I think it, it was, was it the, a couple series ago where he was thrown out twice at third base um, pretty recently. I mean, there, yep. there's been some aggression that like hasn't been great or reads that haven't been great. And that's the stuff like as good as this team is, like those are the little things that if you do not do them right, it allows inferior opponents to hang around. All right, last one from the hotline. We do have the AJC Braves Report podcast hotline. Anytime you have a question, want to call and join the show, give us a call at 404-526-AJCP. That's 404-526-2527, and please leave your name. Hey, guys, just wanted a quick question, uh, your thoughts about the future as we look ahead to next season. I know everybody's focused on this season, but curious to your thoughts on a Max Freed extension as well as what you think the Braves will do in the offseason to address left field. The old Max Freed extension question is now back, now that Max is back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, look, like, I, I think they would explore it. Like, I know the Braves have made clear to Max, like, how they feel about him, um, you know, as they would do with, with anybody. Uh, but that's really it. I, to me, it's going to be something where the ball is really in like Max's court. Uh, you know, will the Braves pay him what he feels is worth? Like, will he, you know, I mean, he's going to be a year away from free agency. It's really difficult, you know, to sign a guy like that because when you're a year away from free agency, like some guys think, well, you know, I might as well just go the extra, you know, one more year, one more season and then see, you know, what I'm worth. And if I want, I can resign with Atlanta. If I don't, you know, if I get more elsewhere, then I get more elsewhere. I think it's going to be tough. Um, I mean, I think the Braves, you know, you look at AJ Smith, Shaver, you look at others in the minors um, to help rebuild that rotation. If Max Fried leaves, perhaps there's a trade to be made, uh, not involving Max Fried, but another trade uh, where Atlanta could use some of its prospect capital to get a starter with multiple years of control to help rebuild that rotation um, and buy the prospects time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think like there will be conversations. Like I, that's pretty Like I would think that the Braves would at least want to try to see if they could extend Max Fried or at least feel out his desire or what it might take to do so. But Max is also so, close to free agency that I don't it wouldn't surprise me if it doesn't get done and then um in terms of left field I mean yeah like I you look at a nine million dollar option for Rosario you could 
weigh that, right? Like you could probably get more value from using that money elsewhere if he's going to play like he has this year. Then again, he's kind of the clutch king. He gets hot, you know, whenever, like he doesn't feel the moment, like he, you know, he's really good in that regard. I mean, I think that's an area where they, you know, they could trade for somebody better, kind of like they did with the catchers. Um, but they've got to look at that, like whether it's heck, like what if it's Grissom to get his bat in the lineup? Like I, I think there's options there. Um, but you know, yeah, it's I'm not ready to say for sure that Eddie Rosario is going to be back. All right, winners of the week. Ooh, um, my winner of the week is Nicky Lopez. <laughs> uh, because Nicky Lopez was also in a part-time role in Kansas City. Now he gets to be in a part-time role in Atlanta. He's here for whatever the Braves need. He's an upgrade at that roster spot. And if you listen to one of our shows and you're a diehard fan, he gets free Chipotle. So that is winner enough. But no, I, you know, he gets to be here instead of being, you know, kind of on a cellar dweller. He gets to be here and, you know, in a pennant race and a pennant run um, and get to experience October and get to experience those exciting moments. Um, nice little change for Nicky Lopez. Mine is Justin Toscano. Wow, look at that. Because uh, next year you'll only have to go to Orlando to watch your alma mater, Arizona State, play football. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, holy smokes. That You know what? I feel like I'm kind of a loser of the week, too, in a way, <laughs> because I... I wanted, in an ideal world, the Pac-12 would have stayed together in its original form, but I don't feel as, like, I am fine with this. Like, Arizona State's alive. The Big 12 is alive. I would not want to be Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, or Cal, who are now in the Pac-4, and a couple of them will be in the Mountain West pretty soon, um, or merging with the Mountain West. This is a good situation, Jay, uh, for Arizona State, and uh, yeah, no, I... I will really, really enjoy going to Orlando. Um, so this was, I don't get me wrong. Like I was, as I was following this, I was scared, man, because Arizona state's leadership has been reported to not, you know, to love the PAC 12. I was scared. Like I was seriously skeptical, like not even because, you know, I was being cynical. I was just skeptical. And I think I was right to be that about them making the right decision for the athletics program. And I'm glad it is not going to rot in the PAC four, although I will miss the PAC 12. Uh, sorry, we've devolved into a college football podcast, but uh, unfortunately, that is the state of college football fandom. Now it's dog eat dog. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I, I don't think the people listening care. Their team's just going to win 13 game, 14 games and win it all again. So 15. <laughs> so that's uh, where we will leave it here. So uh, enjoy your trips now to uh, Pittsburgh, and then uh, we will see you again in New York City. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that one's you know that one's gonna be a trip doubleheader on Saturday, Sunday baseball on Sunday. That uh, you know, to everybody watching, have fun. I mean, hope you know. Uh, we talk about the Braves losing two of three. The Braves, I want to be clear, will not take any opponent lightly. But this should be a week with eight games that they should really, really pad that record. Now we'll be back with you again uh, next Monday unless any major news breaks. But if you haven't done so, rate, review, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies. And we'll see you next Monday on the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers. So we're here when you need us most. 
We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.